0: Hey, welcome to Basscraft. So, I've been doing a lot of work on my uh, basses this week, just getting them ready for when the gigs come back. I have a few gigs coming in. So, I made a promise to myself in um, April last year that uh, I wasn't allowed to buy a new bass till all the ones I own are in perfect condition. What does that mean? No dodgy electronics, no dodgy frets, anything like that, playing perfectly. So, I've won down, many more to go. Started on my number one bass, this Fender Aerodyne. So, I've replaced the pickups. Uh, new pedometers everything is redone it's playing perfectly now not a dodgy fret and not a no noise it's all shielded all that so if you want to see me the processor just some pictures of me doing that you can just follow me on instagram but um, today we're talking about solo bass with Misha Marks And uh, this is a fun episode because we're both actually playing a bit of bass And I didn't even trim the start of the conversation um, I left in the little sound check Just so you see like what you might do to get some a good bass sound yourself on Zoom I thought that might be informative Or you might think it's pointless and you can skip it So that's up to you so uh yeah Misha's a really busy guy he's got a really good mailing list it's called Base Tribe so if you sign up to that on his website of course all these all these links will be in the description if you sign up to that he get like free music and uh, offers in his shop and just cool stuff base info every few weeks or so um also he's running the mission base facebook group which is a really tight knit group that's very active posting interesting stuff sharing each other's content and of course he's running really interesting uh seminars and interviews as well so basically it's all in his links check that out and he's also given base lessons where you can uh, benefit from his years of experience so definitely go and do that so i hope you enjoyed the chat um it's a pretty long one yeah we really um we got into it obviously we were covering his career his solo album and then we were picking up the bass and playing a bit and talking about solo bass and what that means and stuff like that so i think you'll find this one really interesting as usual like subscribe all that stuff and uh yeah i'll see you in a minute Two Good morning, hey man. Can't you hear me
1: okay? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I am just setting up two different mics. I wasn't really sure.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I just usually just plug it in to my um, interface in Zoom, my my bass in and my microphone, and then they both come out.
1: Yeah, I I kind of wanted to have a little bit of amp sound, Mm. but um, for some reason I really had to crank up the mic input to... Get a healthy
0: signal in OBS Yeah I haven't figured out how to use OBS oh. I haven't figured out OBS Myself yet oh, okay. Let me see 2-2 two, two. <laughs> ba- Can you hear my bass guitar Yeah really good I can um, boost the bass when I'm in post anyway if I have to like for certain parts and
1: I'm basically going from the DI out of the amp into the interface
0: is there any way you can change your angle where we could see your actual bass guitar in case you're like oh say if you were were, when you're explaining like better when you're doing tapping stuff a lot of it's just shape based isn't it it's like Yeah, a lot of that is just like, oh, it's this shape, and for people who aren't mu- into music, yeah. on people who don't understand theory, they they just look at the shapes. I just get that down a little bit, like so. Yeah, that's perfect. Cool, so, that's good. Are you you happy? So or are you? I think it sounds really good. I can hear your voice, your bass, everything.
1: Okay, awesome. Perfect. Yeah, with OBS, you, I've made the experience, yet. you can't ever be sure how it comes out on the other end. No. I've had it sound really great here, and then I listen to the stream, and it's like super quiet.
0: Yeah, you have to do a lot of test streams where you just record yourself and then watch them back to see.
1: Exactly, but I can't be bothered. <laughs> yes, me too. Every I, stream is a test stream for me.
0: I did my first I did my first one there 2 weeks ago. I was had a, a show with my band and I just streamed me preparing like relearning all the old songs but uh, the technology just let me down. I just couldn't figure it out in the end. I just, I just gave up and just had a conversation. I said, "Oh, I can't get yeah. the music to work. I'll just I'll just talk for a while." Oh,
1: you were playing to the original <laughs> back, tracks? backing tracks, yeah, trying to yeah, play okay. with the tracks,
0: you know. But, um, yeah, that's that's all good, man. I think we could kick off. What, t- what time is it where you are? It's... Eight. Oh, it's eight. Sorry. Okay, so you're in Germany, aren't you?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, um, yeah, I'm just going to read off your website. So it says, Hi, I'm Misha Marks, and I'm the guy who thinks the bass is all you need. It's my mission to put bass in the spotlight and show you that it is one of, if not the best solo instruments in the world. So a serious statement there. And also you say join me on mission base so do you want to tell us a bit about what's going on with this mission base that you've set up so yeah it's
1: kind of a long story i try to keep it short because i've been playing solo bass for about 10 years maybe even one or two more and obviously like every musician trying to make a buck with it but it never really felt right to promote my music and ask for buy my album, come to my shows, and everything. And um, yeah, I, I kind of in that situation I was stuck. And through some side hustles that I went through, I kind of gotten on the track of. Reading a lot of books about how the brain works, how marketing works, how um, serving each other, relationships work. Because I'm a really, um, what would you call them? Uh, uh, I'm a
0: people person.
1: No, I'm really not. Oh, I oh mean, you're an you're introvert. I mean,
0: you're, a, you're a super I, introvert. Is that it?
1: Exactly. I'm a super introvert. I mean, once I get started, I'm okay. And mm-hmm. I've kind of gotten myself to that point that when I'm in a situation where it's asked to be a piece, people person, I can be. But I really love loneliness, so I didn't have much trouble in this crisis. <laughs> I'm um, the same.
0: I struggle with the, being an introvert and being a musician, for sure. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly.
1: Everyone yeah. is just always talking, talking.
0: Well, you're supposed to... Uh, it's, all, it's, it's like um, they want you to be a good hang, you know, to exactly a, i did an audition for a band there years ago and audition the musically the audition went great like but just hang for the hanging out i was thinking uh, uh, these guys don't get me at all like uh, they, i don't have the same sense of humor and exactly. i'm just i am an introvert like so i ha- have to say big shout out to the two guys who put up with me in the band because i don't know what two other people like but it, that's a hard side of music isn't it the whole yeah being a good hang the pressure to be a good hang maybe
1: yeah or just enjoying to be a good hang mm. i can pull it off i just don't enjoy it for too long i need a lot of time on my own to reflect and just not think about how i come across and i guess to some degree that's also why i started the whole solo bass thing but eventually i came about um a book that's called the go-giver and that's kind of countering that whole go-getter mentality where you're just out there to get what you can so go out there and give what you can and i thought um for once it's not a big thing uh not a big secret bass is pretty underappreciated if you come if you go to any music school and the instruments they offer it's guitar piano vocals if you're lucky you get drums Mm. and bass well, the bass teacher usually has 50% guitar students, if not more than that. Yeah. So it's just not very popular for people to pick up the instrument as an instrument. A lot of people don't even know it exists. Even the last uh, guest on, my sh- on the Strictly Bass show that I had, Alex Lafoco, he told me that in the beginning when he listened to bass, he thought he was listening to drums. <laughs> and he just missed that extra layer that was yeah. an extra instrument. So, um, yeah, I really thought that we we us basis as a community can uh benefit from a little push there, put some attention on it, and in the beginning of the crisis i or actually just before the pandemic, I started getting into live streaming, and in some way, it was really great because I was prepared for it on the other hand. I, I was a bit bummed because I felt, oh, there's hardly any competition out there. But as soon as the pandemic hit, the competition was everywhere. Yeah. And it wasn't (laughs) as easy to cut through the noise anymore. Um, But however, he doesn't like a challenge. Um, In the end though, I felt that just doing live streams and kind of talking about myself was getting a bit lonely and a bit boring as well. So, I had this idea of inviting other bassists, and just really focusing on solo bassists to start with, because that's something that is particularly underappreciated by the mm. whole music community. It's like bass is not a solo instrument. Well, you Come get a lot of that. pushback, just, you
0: know, on like if you yeah. say someone I'm doing a solo whatever instrument show, they'd be like, "Yeah, but you still beat that's not the bassist's job. The bass exactly that, that's not yeah. what bass does."
1: it's just an instrument (laughs) any instrument can do whatever function you want it can be a percussion instrument it can be a chordal instrument Mm. a melody instrument whatever you want you just have to make it work obviously just saying oh i'm gonna play a lot of virtuosic technique it's not gonna make it work as a solo instrument it's really about understanding the whole of music how it all comes together and i think um I'm not sure if Carl also talked about, Carl Clues was on your show. Yeah. If he also talked about it on your show that um, his uh, idea of being a solo bassist is about creating a complete piece of music on your own. Mm. And he even went further and said that it makes you a better bassist because once you play everything at the same time, harmony bass line, rhythm melody you understand the relationships and that as a bassist you need to leave space for the rest of the music to happen mm. and in that sense um i totally agree because i started out with extreme metal and the premise was the more notes in the short amount of time the better
0: no space. Don't leave any space, whatever exactly. you do, no, unless no, no. it's a breakdown.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even there, like if you can come up with a nice tapping lick that just keeps the 16th notes going, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> and it really took me a while to appreciate two-note bass lines, but then I really fell in love with it also because I just fell in love with reggae, where bass has a very prominent role and mm. is the most popular instrument of that whole genre basically
0: and it's the rhythm the rhythmic cells more than the note choice a lot of the time where they're dropping those notes is the most important part of it
1: exactly and i would even say that most reggae tunes you will be able to um, recognize by the baseline often more so than by the melody that the singer is singing mm. so it really has this iconic thing and also, I, I don't know how deep you are into reggae, but they have a, this whole A very
0: superficial knowledge of, yeah. I know, Peter well, Tosh well, and Bob Marley, and that's about it. Yeah,
1: yeah. but even Bob Marley, they, they have this rhythm system going where you can come out with an instrumental and then you have 20 artists doing a song on top of that instrumental. Mm. And that's kind of, uh, I don't know how they do it with copyrights and all. It seems really counterintuitive to what we know about <laughs> copyrights yeah. but somehow they have the system and then you really know like oh yeah that that tune that tune you recognize it by the line, the rhythm and then you know the rhythm and you know there's a couple of tunes on top of that same rhythm because the rhythm the line is so strong that mm. everybody wants to sing a Does that lyrics become like a it?
0: standard almost in reggae yeah. it's like the the rhythm or the line is that so if you were at a jam session you'd be saying oh it's this one Basically, is, it, is the way the song goes. Yeah,
1: it's it's a standard without a melody. Mm. Because the melodies really are, could, could be completely opposite from one song to the next. That's and, really then up to the artist what to make of that rhythm track.
0: And why did you go to do the solo bass 10 years ago? Is it just you wanted to be able to play something at home instead of um, just bass lines to kind of entertain yourself mm-hmm. or... <laughs> Maybe various they...
1: reasons, various reasons. For once, I had um, practiced all this technique for my extreme metal days, and once I appreciated two note bass lines, as I call them, and did more session work, that was really not asked for and it felt like a waste just not using it for anything. Mm-hmm. And I tried setting up a couple of metal bands. Um, kill switch for one we actually toured with an irish metal band Casey's threats i don't know if you heard of them
0: no never heard and yeah. i know a lot of the metal bands i'm wearing my friend's metal bands t-shirt right now but i don't yeah. know that one casey's threats
1: yeah I- i'm not sure if they're still around mm. also a couple of years back but yeah that um i just quickly realized that getting a metal band to a spot where you really uh, have a chance of making some money with it. It's just so much work that you have to put in upfront. And the risk is so high because before you know it, one member of the band, oh, sorry, I got pregnant. Can't do the job anymore. Yeah. Or, or whatever. Uh, Life oh, just voice, gets in the way. You know, I... And that was more of the reason why I quit the whole session world. Because I had so many experiences where I went in and I was like, okay, this is going to be it. I just have to do my job. I have to give it all. And, this could be the breakthrough and from here more jobs will uh, come out of this or maybe I'm just going to stick with this band and you know, tour the world and sell millions of records. The dream. <laughs> the little boy's dream, exactly. And it didn't even go to an international tour for the most part. Well, it was really one, two years of putting work in and maybe releasing an album or something, but then the singer decided to go solo or fired the whole band and got a new one. Mm. Or if it was more of a band situation where everyone's part of the band equally like writing the songs together and stuff, then something happened. It always kind of fell apart. If it was a fight between the band members, if it was just, different expectations of what to do. Some people, are, oh no, this is actually just my outlet. So I don't want to yeah. take this too serious. I don't want to put too much stress on it. It's like, oh yeah, but I do like, it's very I- I hard to, to find enough job. people, isn't it? The right
0: yeah. amount of people that all have the same grit and determination to keep, to see it till the end.
1: Exactly. And, and I've played with people that had all day jobs and they were brilliant musicians. It was lots of fun to work with them. But when it came to making it work for me as a working musician, me getting something out of it financially, there was just no understanding. And yeah, that was disappointing because for the music, I wouldn't have left the band, but because it was in the end, again, it felt like a waste of time. Like, I'm I'm, okay. It's a nice hobby, but, um, my wife's at home asking me, why are you going to that rehearsal again? Yep. I haven't seen you play a gig in the last three months with that band, where you're going to rehearsals every second week, driving an hour there, driving an hour back, and then in between preparing songs, like, what's going to come out of it? So i got mm. some pressure there as well. But eventually it really was um, starting a family, just that whole dream of being on tour for the rest of my life popped like a bubble i was like no i don't want to do that i want to be at home and join my kids why do you have mm. kids if you can't spend time them. with them yeah exactly and then um secondly yeah the thing that i already mentioned i just wanted to do something with all that technique that i practiced and to some degree the first three songs really just came to me. It wasn't like oh i'm gonna write some solo music now It was just it was doing this exercise um spread tried voicings, and just kind of um playing it with inversions, practicing them and oh this this sounds really great and then, mm. in a couple of hours, I had the first song ready and then it took about half year or a whole year to write another one when i got my loop station and then i already had a creative breakdown i was like hmm i kind of used everything i can do technically so i've kind of sh- showed off anything but where do i go from here yeah and then what really helped me was um to visit victor wooten's basin uh, nature basin nature camp in
0: 2013 in america or in did he have them in europe it, as well in nashville oh you went all all oh, class that must be yeah. some experience
1: totally and it was that cheap back then i think the flight was 600 euros the camp was 600 euros so it was all together i mean it's still you can buy a base for that money mm-hmm. but you can also have the experience of your lifetime for that money and uh, i was happy to do that How does the camp work, Misha?
0: I'm sure people are curious to know. It's Victor Wooten. He's a very kind of deep, kind of deep thinker. And he doesn't do things the traditional way really, does he? Like, he's almost like the Mr. Miyagi of the bass world. He'd be having you wash on and wash off or whatever. Yeah,
1: basically. I mean, um, he does give you reasons why you should do this or that. So in that sense, he differs a little bit. But uh, how does it work? It's... um, how to summarize it I, it's really minimal living like it's not like you're staying in a hotel you know it's like one big sleeping hall i think one for the boys one for the girls and you're sleeping on these uh, i don't know how they're called in english in german it's felt and it's basically like they use in the military you just have this metal kind of thing and then just some cloth Mm, just almost a, a like, bit, a like
0: a bunk bed or on the ground kind of thing.
1: Yeah, but without a mattress. It's really yeah. just a lining. Okay. Like a hammock almost. And then you get up every morning at seven o'clock. The first thing that you have is some kind of workout class. Every day, a different one. You have uh, Wing Chun, Tai Chi, and there were a couple of other ones. Yoga and two more that I don't recall now. Um, But from there on, then you kind of have, I think it was two times or three times, two hour workshops with different teachers. And you just kind of get bombarded with all kinds of different um, knowledge. And to be honest, I went there and I was a bit... um, hesitant to go because i thought well i know that it's always promoted as all levels levels of players are welcome mm. and i thought of myself as quite an advanced player at that point already so i was like hmm so am i even going to learn anything and to be honest a lot of the information that i got i already knew but i gained new perspectives yeah and I also really um there was a big big focus in the camp on inspiration I was really well um, if you want to play music that connects with people you have to say something you what's the message what are you trying to say where where mm-hmm. can you get inspiration if you're kind of burned out if you don't really um, if you have feel like you have already said everything like I did with my three yeah, first it's like this. Instead
0: of instead of when you're going to compose a piece don't say okay, I'm going to use this technique to make the song, you might say, I want to convey this emotion with this piece of exactly. music.
1: exactly. Yeah, or experience. Mm. And that's why there were like uh, funny exercises where you did the blind walk, barefoot, the grass was frozen basically, <laughs> and you're just walking over, it was like an army of zombies, just towards a drum, just by the ear, finding out... Oh, really carefully and we had some workshops on how to um not really track animals but how to get closer to them how to move so they don't notice you that you just have to move really slowly and really still and maybe also just stand around and wait for them to come Mm. and how you can um really consciously use a whole uh peripheral view that we actually have which is basically 180 degrees but not only but also because of our gadgets we're just so focused on looking yeah. straight ahead and not noticing what's around us and missing so much of life
0: so yeah um, so you you didn't mention bass playing once in the whole camp that's what's interesting about this camp there was a, there's yeah. a lot of so a lot of it wasn't actually bass, just you know what you? I suppose you can get a traditional bass lesson anywhere. So this sounds like something no, completely different. Uh,
1: um, I, I would still say seventy to eighty percent was bass playing. Okay, but this stuff kind of uh,
0: stuck out because it was so. To different. me, it did. Yeah,
1: like the bass playing part. As I said, especially as a teacher, I got a lot out of it because it's new methods and how to teach stuff. That was more like, oh, okay, they're actually it's really inspiring how they teach here. Yeah. I know the material, but presenting it in this way makes it so much easier for the student to grasp. But personally for me, it's not like, Oh my God, I've got shown uh, how to um, play the harmonic major skill scale, or there was nothing musical that was Mm. mind blowing that I discovered there. To me, I really came back and was like, I think I really know what I want to do now. And I also, to the degree where I um, played a song and I had my three track demo with me and was giving one out to everyone. And I just kind of got reaffirmed that I'm on the right track mm. because I was really worried on oh, the solo based thing. Is this really something that I should pursue or should I just um, focus on teaching or focus on session jobs? Go back to that because there were opportunities uh, just kind of grown tired of it of the letdown on the end of every opportunity in the session world and yeah that uh see i told you i was trying to tell a short make it a no, short no, short story about <laughs> mission base i haven't even gotten close to it
0: um <laughs> it's interesting though like uh, that an experience like that is what reaffirmed your your path and your love of the solo base like because it it I know being a singer songwriter is lonely you're singing with a guitar around the world but solo bass yeah. is even more lonely I'd say yeah you're if you're coming again you're coming up against prejudice every time you go out there and do a show have you done lots of like shows and pubs and stuff over the years like with the solo bass thing no not yet it's
1: really hard I mean I have done shows but I would not say loads of them mm. it's quite hard to book obviously for obvious reasons no one believes that that could work and to be honest i i think um i enjoy the occasional gig but i'm not much of a oh i've got to be out there every weekend Mm. it really stresses me packing up all my stuff and then setting it up and something missing or not working or the room just sounding crap yeah and then in the end uh no one's coming because you're playing solo bass I know, and you're um, reliant
0: on a lot of technology as well with that solo bass thing so all your loops and stuff yeah have to because, work uh,
1: exactly it's gotten there again to be honest um once i've uh bought the first um high range what do we call it? high ticket instrument that many space back there mm. for me i made the decision i don't want to use any effects anymore because if i got a bass that sounds great why degrade it by sending it through effects mm. so i got rid of all of my effects just before that i was playing a drum and bass band where it was basically i was mimicking synth bass lines and then it felt really great doing it live and it was great shows the people loved it obviously But whenever we were producing demos or recording stuff in the, um, in the studio, I was like, ah, you know, when I listen to those drum and bass records that are just completely produced on the computer, those synth bass lines, they sound 10 times better. They have so much more depth and Mm. all that, all that layering that you just can't replicate on a, acoustic instrument or even the way way
0: you play a a bass line on a usb keyboard is very different and in a cool way a lot of the time it sounds really on a record like like them ones
1: exactly and i was thinking like why am i doing this to myself the tracking is so crap or was back then um with effects so i should just play midi keyboard and then i was but i don't want to play midi keyboard i want to play bass so Scrap all the effects, let's, let's go back to playing bass as it's supposed to sound.
0: <laughs> and was this after you recorded um, your album, Open Path, that you, you... There is effects on that, I think, isn't there? I was listening to it today. There is...
1: Um, there is... Echo and reverb, for sure. Definitely a bit of overdrive. But other than that, I think there's... I think most of the effects are actually in the delay that it's like mod delay at some points maybe or analog delay that starts distorting a little bit. The main uh, effects that I have on there are contributed by Steve Lawson.
0: I was thinking, I could hear his um, playing on this track. Yeah, so it was exactly. like, oh, that's definitely Steve Lawson.
1: Yeah, no, Exactly. And him I also met at a base camp, not at uh, Victor's base camp. That was the funny thing. I went all the way to Nashville just for Steve and Victor to tell me, oh, you know what? Later this year, we're going to be in Germany, do the same kind of thing. (laughs) But what? But in the end, I kind of, I don't know, maybe it was destiny, but it was so happy and lucky and grateful that I didn't know about the fact that they were coming to Germany mm. because I would have missed out on the Nashville experience, which was completely different to what they did in Germany, the Warwick yep. base camp, which was amazing too, but, um, obviously not as personal because it was a much bigger group and there were way more well-known base players, which was cool on one hand because you get to know all of your, Heroes one by one, and really create relationships. But on the other hand, um, it was just—I I don't know—it was—it was really more on the technical side, and it wasn't as deep. I want to say
2: mm.
1: and Nashville, also because there was like, sorry, there's no um, reception for internet, Wi-Fi, or anything, so. If you're lucky, you get phone reception.
0: That's brilliant, though, because then people were just there and not being distracted by their exactly. devices. Exactly.
1: That was completely different on the Warwick base camp. Everyone was doing their selfies with their heroes and straight away it's going to Instagram. So mm. it's just just a totally different atmosphere.
0: And did it take you long to record Open Path? Did you just did it over the space for a year or was it like years Forever. and years Forever.
1: Track- I think it was in total six years.
0: Oh, God. That's a long, that's a very long, it's like Chinese democracy or
1: something. Yeah, basically. And to some degree, I'm thinking uh, if I would have just kind of done as I planned one year and out, of, out with it, uh, maybe I would be much further on my path right now. Mm. But on the other hand, I can listen to this record in and out and it really makes me happy. There's not one song, not one second when I'm thinking, ah, this could have been better. I I am a perfectionist and that um, has held me back a lot of times. But it also helped me a lot of times to just do a good job. And I think with this album, I really did a great job. And yeah. I'm definitely not going to do another six-year cycle this time. I'm down to my ninth song for the next album. Which I did start to record in March, so that's at least a hundred times as quick as the <laughs> last album. But the last album, I also I just built the studio and I wanted to try out all my gear and trying to do it as analog as possible with no possibility of recall. And then you mess something up, so you kind of had to start all over. And it was a very very deep learning experience as yeah, well. Yeah, you can imagine. I,
0: I learned a lot on productivity and efficiency as well. <laughs> and did you take much influence from other, because uh, I was listening to it and I could hear a bunch of different, well, obviously I heard Steve Lawson, but I could yeah. hear maybe some Rich Brown style songs. Were you taking influence from other solo bass players or it just happens that you, you that sound started to come now, out of the record at certain points?
1: No, I think actually at that point, I didn't know that many
0: Based, mm, I was thinking uh, that you probably because it was around 20, it was 2018 it came out so a lot of these yeah. fellas weren't as well known as they are now
1: yeah no Um I, I think to that point Victor Wooten was my biggest influence a kind of um not that any of the songs is in his style but um I guess he inspired me to go my own way in that sense and I did two cover versions on that album and yeah, no, I I didn't really know where to look for specific solo bass um, inspiration. I mainly looked to, um, for example, for the Human Nature by Michael, it's actually not written by Michael Jackson, but that's the version that I um, kind of got inspired by I look more at what played the piano and how does the bass work together with the melody. So, um, um, no, Rich Brown. I was only kind of discovered recently a year or so ago when I first signed up to Scott's bass lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I love his really He's love really him. cool. Yeah. And I think now on this album, um, I, I I probably would have to agree that a couple of things are definitely inspired by his sound, like those long reverb tails and mm. stuff like that. I did a lot of um, or I'm not. How many songs did I do without loops? I, I think on this album there's going to be more songs without looping than on the last one, and just because I kind of discovered the whole reverb thing and got a really great reverb that works life. Mm. on the first album i recorded everything without reverb and that was all in the mix yeah
0: it's, it's and the looper now, is kind of restrictive though as well isn't it because like you're stuck in that one mode like whatever your, and chord changes it's like you're just playing over to say unless you're one of those fancy loopers that does loads of different verses and choruses. yeah you can be quite stuck in that one thing
1: that's actually quite an interesting point because in the beginning um coming from my drum and bass band, I had two MIDI floorboards and I was thinking of using Ableton Live for looping. But I just discovered I wasn't playing bass anymore. I was just kind of on Ableton figuring out how I can reverse this loop and then arrange it. So this kind of gets triggered automatically mm. and then this happens and that happens. And here I can just with a push of a button, transpose it uh, half a step up or whatever. And I was i don't really want that It's like it's too many possibilities i get distracted and i lose focus and it's even going without ableton life it still took me six years to write record and mix my first album so i'm glad i didn't go with ableton life <laughs> yeah <laughs> i probably still would be in the making that album cool let's now, pl- I, go on sorry i really like the um boss looper because it limits me with the three tracks you really have to be clever about it and think of ways how to because sometimes also now on this album um i i don't use my looper when i record my albums but then at some point i'm gonna have to translate what i recorded to a version that works live and then i really have to start thinking okay maybe I just kind of take this loop away or I'm just going to edit on the second chorus. Maybe at this point um, here, I can add a layer and then in the second verse, I can delete that layer again, just to have a little bit more dynamic range and have yeah. more variation in a song rather than the, uh, I don't, the, the rookie looper who kind of just stacks another loop on top, another loop on yeah, top, another loop on top. And then in I the mean, end, it's just, just bam. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all I'm right. done
0: yeah that's what i do though i don't have anything that does can do like extra loops i can just stack them on top of each other but
1: exactly but that's how i started Mm. so i don't think you can get around that period you just have to because what that also teaches you is how you have to use tone and sound to really make these loops still sound separate and not just create a big mash Mm. so really um leave space in your playing but also just kind of work with the electronics of your bass or if you have any effects pedals to kind of okay here i'm gonna have to dial out the bass so the guitar part doesn't fight with a bass and stuff like that
0: definitely sure will we play a bit i was thinking you might break down one of your pieces i'll play a bit as well since okay i've been at home so much i was like usually you know, you you write these kind of doodles that you play in sound check or mess around. Like, but since I haven't been going to sound checks, I kind of started finishing some of the of the doodles. <laughs> so I, was, I wrote this thing. It's kind of just like, it's like it's just a major E major. The whole piece is just based around E major pentatonic. Kind of like nothing wrong with that. Do you know the way Jimi Hendrix used to do those piano chords? He'd put his thumb up here and he'd make the yeah. notes ring out. So that's kind of what it's based around. How was the tempo? I butchered it a bit, like, but <laughs> I, rhythmically I was a bit butchered, but that's the gist of it. But well, I'm not, I'm not used to playing oh. solo bass.
1: No, to be honest, um, it, that's probably your advantage that you're not used to playing solo bass because you don't um, have this stress or expectation to yourself to, uh, for lack of better words, over deliver. You're just playing oh. straight from the heart. I really like that tune some parts kind of rang a bell sounded familiar some reminded me of something that i heard before but it's just yeah it's that that's exactly what music should be about
0: yeah well i just approached it as a song i suppose more than an academic study it was just like what will sound nice you know
1: exactly and that was one of the problems that i had when i first started or after those first three songs that just came to me and i was just trying to make present something and make it really exciting and oh how can i put some tapping in there and some double thumb slapping and the moment i took that approach the song always turned to shit mm-hmm. and it took me a lot of time to learn to appreciate a composition like that and just go with it and say oh actually let's that that's what's gonna help solo bass to be accepted around the world and not the yeah, stuff that, unfortunately so many solo basses are doing.
0: It has to be musically good. That's the the only important thing is that it's it's good music, so anyone hears it go, Oh, I like that, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean um I don't know who said that quote, there's good music and there's bad music and that's it.
0: Duke Ellington, I think, said but, that.
1: Yeah, but that's also subjective to everyone. Mm. So everyone has their own idea of what good and bad is. And I think what a lot of musicians fall trap to is that we play to entertain ourselves. And and then we complain afterwards, why is no one paying for my music? Why is no one coming to my show? Well, it's because you're playing for yourself. You're not Mm. playing to connect with anyone you're just connecting with your instrument which is great but don't expect anyone to connect to you while you're totally into yourself and into your instrument mm.
0: or listen to your happen. listen to what you recorded and be think say honestly say to yourself would i listen to to this <laughs> like i know it's amazing what i'm playing but would i sit down and listen to me playing for yeah. an hour and the answer would probably be no
1: <laughs> no exactly it, it, it's yeah I feel also when I was studying music, I was um, one of the best grades I got in free jazz. We had a free jazz ensemble and I really enjoyed doing it. But I would never, ever, you could never drag me to a free jazz concert. I wouldn't listen to that crap. Mm. I, I find it for the most part so random and it's so much fun to play, but I have absolutely no pleasure in listening to it
0: yeah it's definitely it's a choir taste i don't know what would be a famous free jazz like because some of mingus's later stuff is pretty out there but i still enjoy listening to it so i'm not sure what what, so yeah some what they'd call free jazz can just get a bit ridiculous (laughs) after a while there's like there's no sense to it anymore everyone's playing their own song they're gone
1: (laughs) yeah exactly it's like okay how can we be how much more annoying can we make music
0: (laughs) Okay, or the drummer that, starts that, knocking over the drumsticks To make uh, random noises and smash a bottle or something
1: uh, And for example, I'm a big fan of Mike Patton, But um, when the first I don't know how much you know about Mike Patton.
0: I, like, I know most of his work Like in all these uh, side projects and stuff
1: Mr. Bangle and Fantomas yeah. When the first Phantomas record came out I was like, oh my god What oh, is this? This, mm. this is amazing And then the second one came out and it was soundtracks. And I was like, oh, they really kind of did something different. I I expected the same, just in different shade of color. Mm. And then they kind of turned back to that recipe. And I noticed, no, it's actually boring. Like one record in that style is more than enough. And some of the stuff that he did is also so far out. that I was like, oh. I I always thought I love everything Mike Patton touches and does, but I don't.
0: Yeah, it's on the it like, out there. Yeah, but he's just yeah. he's kind of entertaining himself a lot of the time as well. Like he's just like exactly what can I do? I'm getting bored of yeah. this other stuff.
1: Yeah. and I mean I find it amazing that people listen to that stuff. So there's a market for everything, but in that case, you really, really have to do some research on okay, who's gonna like this. And how can I get to them? Where do they hang out?
0: Yeah, well, I like when people experiment. Like even Metallica, whatever people think of them, they took a lot of risks with different records. Be it like their blues rock albums, the Load and Reload, or yeah. the Trash Can Snare Drum on Saint Anger. <laughs> like, that that's was cool actually that, they,
1: that was the album that got me into Metallica.
0: I think a lot What's of people. It, it, it was if you were that age when it came out. Like a lot of people, that was one of their first introductions. Saying Anger. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I, I before that, I always thought, ah, oh, they're just too clean. Metal's got to be more dirty.
0: <laughs> well, that's the right album anyway, with the dirt. Because as... I
1: didn't, actually, I didn't know the 80s albums, the fresh albums that they put mm. out. I kind of knew the Black album, and then what came after that, I don't even know.
0: That was and Load then, and Reload after the Black album.
1: Yeah. And then there was St. Anger. First of all, I'm a big Trujillo fan, so... That was already scored a lot of bonus points, mm. but I love that snare drum. I was like, "What were they thinking? <laughs> that that doesn't sound at all like Metallica." But somehow I loved it. And,
0: it's cool that someone would take a risk, though. I like that's what I like yeah. about them. You know, they, they're not afraid of taking a risk and getting no, slagged like about it. But, <laughs> but we can't alter that. But it's it's no harm. So, but um, with the, the the solo bass thing, you just got to think about it as music. That's pri- at the end of the day, isn't it? Just don't be thinking too much about the fact that you're playing a bass guitar, which you obviously are, but it's just what you chose to express yourself. It's the instrument that you're most comfortable expressing yourself uh, on.
1: No, exactly. My um teacher in music college taught me one of the few things that I really took away from his lessons, because to some degrees he wasn't a very good teacher. But the one thing, the biggest takeaway was really, you know... I don't think of myself as a bass player. I think of myself as a musician who's really good at playing bass. And I was like, that makes total sense. Mm. Like, yeah. um, I I have music in me. I want to let it out. And technically I can do the best on this instrument. So I don't really care which instrument it is, as long as I can technically translate what's in my head and bring it out there.
0: Yeah. It's like, um, I love what Les Claypool said on the exact same thing. He said, bass is just the crayon that I picked out of the pack. (laughs) It's like, it doesn't matter. That's just what I like to draw with. It's not as important as you're making it out to be, the actual instrument I'm playing.
1: Exactly. And with him, you can really hear it. He doesn't think, oh, I've got to play a bass line.
0: No, there's no rules.
1: No, exactly.
0: So, So grab your bass, Misha. It's plugged in, isn't it? So I suppose you could, as for like myself and I'm sure lots of the people listening, they end up making up little pieces and then you're thinking, how do I, like that thing I made up started with like, and I was like, wow, that's cool. And I managed to finish the song, but for that one riff that I finished, I probably have hundreds that never got anywhere. So it's quite, finishing a solo bass piece is a a hard thing to do.
1: Let me tell you a secret. it's the same with me <laughs>
0: so um maybe break who, down one of your pieces that you think would be yeah. a good a good for demonstrating how you'd go uh, a solo bass piece i I like the the song "reborn again" on your album, but I'm not sure when's the last time you played that so you might oh
1: my God, remember um, how to play it yeah i don't I don't have my looper set up now, but um that is actually the most revised song that's why it's called "reborn Again. Because it's not just reborn, it's reborn again and again and again and again.
0: <laughs> Press delete a lot of times, you're like, it's not working. Uh,
1: yeah, and actually um, it was, ins- oh actually yeah, that one was directly inspired by Victor Wooten um, by Sex and a Pan. He had this something like that mm-hmm. with of Fleck and the Fleck tones and I kind of want to that same sound, but different, obviously. And it sa- started out very similar to that song, and kind of slowly moved away from there. But um, let me think. Let me let me pick another song.
0: Any song? No, seriously, don't to, yeah. don't get stuck on that one. Pick so, one you think is the is the best for. Um, I'm just going to do one demonstrating solo bass. Yeah.
1: That doesn't need loops otherwise it will yep. be hard to understand what I'm talking about so for example um, let's talk about Walk because that really came to me totally natural, the first song that I ever wrote and it's basically what you described I had this new concept that I've learned, spread triads so basically instead of playing a triad like this yep. in the that? Well standard shape over three strings mm-hmm. you take the middle note up an octave and then you can just take the five on that string so it kind of comes close to a guitar chord from the shape
0: and then you can play the
1: inversions of that so the first note goes to the third the second note goes to the octave and the ten or the third goes to the fifth And then you have this shape and then you go obviously tried two inversions second inversion is up here and I kind of just
0: just sound really great to me that's very pleasing to the ear straight away you're like oh that's nice
1: and sometimes um i have to be honest my ears are not that well developed i really wish i would put more time in it but somehow um I have a lot of resistance to ear training.
0: So, <laughs> I was only—I was a late comer to ear training. I only started uh, doing it about four years ago, five years ago, maybe, uh, and because I was in an original band, I—I I didn't really have the need for it as much as I thought I did, anyway.
1: Exactly. Yeah, but transcribing is the best training, I think. Mm-hmm. Most of the exercises are just not the same. So instead of exactly hearing something in my head and then trying to replicate it on the fretboard i often just accidentally jump into shapes that my fingers already know so what i did here is from the second inversion i just jump back to the first shape that i had just somewhere else i was like oh yeah that sounds good and then in retrospective kind of analyzing oh that's just the four okay that's cool And then I'm not sure how I got to this here we are on the first inversion of our root note again, our root chord kind of, at first I don't know, I think I was just thinking, let's put some chromatism in there. Mm, voice, you
0: need to have good voice leading in anything like that, don't you? Like?
1: Yeah I mean I think that's also one of the main things that I took away from music college is really just voice leading. And I teach in music college now. I actually teach classical teachers how to improvise and how to teach jazz rock pop. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're so terrible they're, at
0: improvising. Those classical musicians, they're just like, what? <laughs> there's no sheet music? Yeah, no, there's no sheet yeah, music for doing a improvised uh, solo. <laughs>
1: I mean, it really depends. Sometimes I have groups that are totally open and they listen to a lot of jazz, rock, pop, so it's really easy to get the idea across. And then sometimes you have people where it's like, okay, you know what? I'm ju- I'm just gonna play a four bar phrase, and you've got these three notes. Just come up with something. Mm-hmm. And um, but what should I play? Right? Just play the three notes one after the other. Think of a rhythm. Like what rhythm? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I used when I was a ke- teenager. I used. Um this girl you singing in our jazz band we had going for a little while and like she was amazing like a virtuoso piano player and I was just like I'll just go like this and I was like solo go for it and she's like like what are you talking about she's Like I just saw you play the piano you're the best musician in this band by a mile mm-hmm. no didn't know how to solo to like the little blues yeah. shuffle
1: but I've learned a secret technique just uh, not too long ago how to get those people out of the trenches you have to start letting them improvise without improvising. So you basically just, you play your chord sequence like mine. <laughs> I'm just going to repeat those four. And then, okay, here's one note. You're going to play that one note in quarter notes on the pulse. Go, that's your improvisation for now. Dee, dee, dee. And then you say, okay, Mm -hmm. here's a second note. Now, Mm -hmm. all the freedom you have is you get to decide when you change from one note to the other. It's still going to be quarter notes.
0: It's baby steps you really get. Exactly,
1: (laughs) they're going to be so tiny that they don't even notice that they're making their own decisions. Mm. But yeah, getting back to the song, um, because this one, I kind of like how it evolves. I started with this main chord progression a little bit of chromatism and then I wanted to go somewhere else and I think at that point I started thinking about okay what key am I in what other options do I have and I was like okay I want to go higher so and these are then just normal or well, standard seven chord voicings
0: that's the great thing about the bass though when you have your high C string it's tuned in fourths so you can still do that same shape as you do on the rest of the bass unlike entirely. guitar like. yeah.
1: and of course the dominant in the end and yeah the Intro is just kind of rubato.
0: Misha, would you say it's essential to have the side hand technique to be a solo bass player? Like, do you, No, do you, not do you, you, at you all. don't think you have to be able to do this like that kind the, of thing, you know.
1: The thing that I noticed from just doing four shows of strictly bass live now that every solo bassist has such a totally different and unique approach. So there's absolutely no conditions. You can, um, you can do solo bass and just groove really Mm. cool bass lines. I think that will work just as well as you don't need a five string instrument. You don't need, super hip electronics to change your sound or you don't need a looper. You you just need to have music in your head and let it out in your instrument. So, um... You think anyone can start you, doing unless solo Unless you have days. a sound in your head that you can't get, <laughs> get out get of your out. instrument because you're lacking the technique. And to some degree, that always motivated me to keep practicing and checking out new stuff and thinking, okay, um... For example, my first um, song where I used tap, actually, is it the first? It's not really the first song, but there's this really standard tapping um, pattern where you mm-hmm. play the root note, then you play the fifth, then the nine, and then the third.
0: Yeah, I was, doing I the... of... I was actually doing the earlier.
1: Yeah. I copied that one from Victor Wooten. I don't know if anyone else did it before him or at the same time. But to me, that's the standard.
0: I copied it off Cody Wright. I saw him doing it.
1: (laughs) But then you do that once or twice and then you think, okay, what else is there? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of start thinking about, okay, which other notes could I play? Or um, how can I use my hand in different positions to play different shapes? And one of the things that I came up with was, oh, a lot of techniques have these kind of um, expectations attached to them. It's like, oh, when you slap, it's got to be funky. Oh, when you tap, it's got to be a ballad. It's like, hmm, let's try and do a funky tapping lick.
0: Mm, that's a and good point, came... though, that to take techniques outside of their comfort zone or the, where they're cliched to be used can can lead you into interesting musical directions.
1: Totally. So um, yeah, that's kind of that's how my third song came about. Was that's a looping song again? Then mm. get a backbeat and a kind of bebop melody on top melody on top of that. Um, but yeah, I was. I think I've kind of went from challenge to challenge for a long time and to some degree that taught me a lot about my instrument and how to um, not get stuck playing the same things over and over. But at the same time, it also um, blinded me to just doing making beautiful music that doesn't need to be super exciting to watch that just sounds nice for Mm -hmm. example you uh, complimented me on my arrangement for Hey Hey My My
0: yeah that was nice really really nice melody on the bass
1: it couldn't be more simple than how I arranged that thing it's basically just the root note and then the melody on top Mm -hmm. not really anything else happening
3: yeah
0: that sounds great I suppose it's a pick the right song and it just works really well on on the bass in that way.
1: Exactly. Just put a load of reverb on it and (laughs) you're good to go. Yeah. Reverb
0: saves everything. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And yeah, sometimes the path of least resistance is the path you should take. And then on other occasions for example um, I'm always a bit too embarrassed to mention to admit but I like a lot of Rihanna songs and I thought that that would be a challenge to kind of take that to solo bass. Mm. I was like, but I'm not going to just do the root note melody thing. That would be a bit boring. So I want to jazz it up a little bit. And then I think for the verse, I really went... But then for the chorus I really wanted some more tension.
0: this one out by ear obviously you were saying you're not you don't do a lot of stuff as much by ear but you would have you worked out a song like that by ear would you
1: yeah I think that was a lot of trial and error to come up with this but I also cheated a little bit I found a um, piano um, version of it mm. a sheet online and I thought mm, let's just have a lick
0: uh, that's not cheating you, you spend years yeah. learning how to read music so <laughs> you may as well use it like <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I was just, I, I don't know. I don't, do you know what I like the to retrospective do? I... Is, it's always hard to remember where you got stuck and why you mm. were looking for help or whatever you want to call it. But um, I, I remember, oh yeah, it's because that chorus is, somehow it's really weird from uh, how the chords change. You think it's an obvious pop song, but the chords and the melody is kind of, chunked up really weirdly and i was like, oh, i need like i want some um affirmation that i'm getting this right i, I just couldn't mm. get that song the melody and the form of the chorus into my head and then when i saw that she and i was like oh i saw that so that's what's happening <laughs> okay so now i know where i can go from there mm. Before that, I was just kind of looking and why is it not working? What What's wrong? Why why can't I get it to sound round and whole?
0: Cool. Yeah, no, that's it. I, I use Ultimate Guitar sometimes. You know, the only way they have the yeah. – I don't read the tabs. They have the pro tabs, but they're MIDI, so you can like listen to yeah. the vocal melody, but it's done out. So you can – it's a really oh, – yeah so the the melodies are isolated you can just play along with them and figure them out by ear that's a handy little cheat oh yeah yeah you know true that's
1: a good exercise
0: so that's so what's going to be the plan for the future with um mission base you're keeping you're doing these kind of live um you did one with carl a live interview and it was a performance and interview is that the format of it
1: that was the principal idea and i'm leaning towards doing a similar thing that you do having kind of themed guests because i've noticed that having only um let me just switch that camera back yep for now at least um having
0: only some nice um, um, only being able
1: to only being able to host solo bass this um kind of felt limiting because I got requests from people oh I really love what we do can I appear on your show like for example uh, Ed Bateman who's coming uh, on the show this Saturday and we're just doing a live master class on African bass and he said he's going to prepare something where he's going to try and do the percussion on his lube and then at the bass and stuff like that um I'm going to play a couple of tunes too but it's going to have more of a masterclassy touch where it's more for the bass community than for the fans of bass music. Mm. And my Facebook group Mission Bass is really trying to combine both of these worlds. And I say for once, um, what always upset me is there's so many bass groups on Facebook and communities, but the moment you, when you as a bassist promote what you have if that's lessons if that's your music or anything it's like
0: hey there's no promotion in this group <laughs> dude it's like they're actually there's that the converse like the the level of conversation on these groups has gone from like really high people interacting and to like zero like I, i'm actually admin okay. on two groups which adds up to about sixty thousand people oh okay only recently because i got so sick of the, the being so bad i asked the guy do you want me to get help you out and I've been yeah. helping them out the last two weeks, and the absolute shite that people put up is unbelievable. Like, and yeah. and then when people put up something that's really good, no one even interacts with it. So I'm like, what is these? But no, your group exactly. is good yeah. because you're you'll promo- you like promoting good content to go up and kind of you kind of have to have a bit of an iron hand to steer it in a, in a good for a good conversation, like, and to to I suppose add something to the community instead of just it just being a load of random stuff.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where we get back to this whole go-giver mentality. And I was just thinking, oh, you know, like I'm already a solo bassist who's not playing in a band, who's just playing on his own and doing my own thing. But first of all, there's so many other solo bassists out there which I wasn't aware of and so many amazing ones on top of that. So I thought, okay, um, how do I connect to these? So I came up with a show. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to give, each one of them a chance to appear on the show and present their um, music to my fans for the most part. Hopefully some of their fans show up too and listen to my music, but that's just really the side effect. And then uh, kind of create a network between those solo bases to help each other out because obviously um, I would say at least 70% of the people that like Carl's music will enjoy my music as well. And why w- should we not cross promote our music? Mm-hmm. So the people that like my music get to know Carl, the people that uh, like Carl's music get to know me and so forth. And we can kind of create a whole community of solo bases that just um, multiply the reach that we have versus the whole competition thing. Oh, there's another solo bassist. Oh, shit, he did a really clever thing. How can I top that? Yeah. No, no let's just kind of join hands and <laughs> work the guitar, together.
0: That's guitar community mentality. It's, it's all yeah. a competition.
1: Exactly. And so many things are nowadays. It's kind of sad. And I'm thinking, um, there's this quote from Victor Wooten's mom who said, oh, the world doesn't need any more good musicians. The world needs more good people. I was thinking, uh, you know what? Um, bassists often are really cool people, and or good people, because they uh, they know that, especially the ones that know their place. They know they're in the band to support everyone else, make everyone else shine. If everyone, if the singer sounds good, that's a compliment to the bass. Mm-hmm. If someone comes after the gig to you and says, "I, you know, I, I really didn't notice you." that much you've done a great job as a bass player (laughs) yeah that's it (laughs) because if you messed up they would have noticed then the whole band would have sounded shit so um and yeah i don't know um we are natural supporters and i thought maybe i can leverage on that and create a community not only of solo bassists but of bass players in general and then also get the luthiers and the amp makers on board at the moment I'm just aiming at small ones because I think those got hit now in the pandemic the worst like Mm -hmm. not being able to open their shops and having people come in stopping by trying their instruments Um, just start getting people talking about these small luthiers again and creating connection but also for the people that offer lessons and have online courses and camps, whichever, service. It it doesn't all have to be free. It's really about quality. And you can always say, "Ah, that's too expensive for me. I'm not interested. That's totally Mm -hmm. fine. But um, now we have a platform where you can go, if you're like, oh, I'm looking for a really great bass teacher. Okay, we've got, uh, I mean, we are just about to hit 400 people in the group. It's really small. I'm trying to make sure that there's really the right people in that group and not just random people that are oh, i'm thinking of buying a bass uh, yeah, that's the problem. Loans-
0: admitting it's like who are these people they don't have any interest in being part of a bass community they're just looking for a free guitar <laughs> yeah
1: exactly or bass memes
0: yeah i wouldn't i, I wish that was all they were posting <laughs> this is such crazy uh, stuff gets put up
1: but yeah um i hope that it grows to a place where everyone, where professional bass players can come to check out small brand luthiers that can just read you the wish from your eyes and build you the instrument of your dreams and just have them all in one spot. I hope that, people that want to learn the bass, which hopefully is also being pushed by the whole mission-based thing and by the Strictly Bass live show. And it's like, oh, that's also possible. That's also bass. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I want to learn bass rather than guitar. Guitar is boring. <laughs> and and then they can come to the group and look for that teacher that kind of um, jives with them mm-hmm. because you can be a brilliant teacher, but some you need that chemistry with your student think sometimes um the student and the teacher is better off to just referring you to someone else and i have done that before where people i really want to have lessons with you and it's like um yeah sure i can teach you stuff but you know for what you want to learn or the way you want to learn i know someone who's a better fit so check Mm -hmm. him out and they're usually really grateful for that more grateful than me kind of trying to adapt and not being my authentic teacher self in that sense and yeah i i don't know
0: i, I, I do the really... same i will move on students to someone else if if we're not if what i do is not a good fit like you can't you can't put a round peg into a square hole like it's it has to work yeah. you know you were uploading very steadily there for a while i was checking it out yeah
1: yeah it's funny a couple of months ago i've got a few messages oh you just popped up in my uh on my start screen I was like, Oh wow, they now they start pushing my videos. Well <laughs> you no, know,
0: it's it's tomorrow. It's hard, isn't it, when you make what you know was a really good video and then no one yeah. sees it. It's just like, oh yeah. God, all exactly. that all that work.
1: <laughs> and that was the thing for me with the videos. It took me a week to create a video and then the next week I needed to do another video. I didn't play a single minute of bass in that time. It, it's really say, just it's like for a... the video. And I was like, hmm i I kind of like the result, but i'm 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 not doing this not in this form, not in this uh, uh not as often at mm, least same
0: here I got burnt out quickly enough I'm yeah. like oh I can't keep it's just i'm not doing it's just my whole week is taken up doing these super high production videos
1: like exactly, and then came the live thing i mean it was already there for ten years, I just didn't know about it, but I guess it became more affordable and uh, more reliant with the internet connection quality and everything. So um, since I checked that out one and a half years ago, I really kind of went all in on that and tried to continuously raise the quality of my live streams. It's such a relief. I have to say it's still a struggle. I'm doing every month, Uh, every week every Thursday I go live for at least an hour just jamming with my loop station Um, and yeah I I have those nights where I'm like oh man I'm just repeating the same patterns again and again like I need to I need to do some practicing (laughs) I need to get inspired again but I don't have this whole tale of production after it where you're just like, okay, now I'm going to edit it. And Mm. then I have to upload it and tag it and research the right keywords and find the right and blog post for it and send out an automatic email series that kind of goes along with the blog post and the video. And it was this whole load of work that just got left behind and kind of gave me more time to get inspired again playing different stuff um but also just doing short videos every now and then when when i'm just oh that's actually a cool thought that i can share with my community and mm. like this whole oh wait let me just grab something sort of the whole life thing this thing came about the way of the embassador.
2: It's like yeah, my yeah.
1: T- Ten Commandments for the good bassist. And that <laughs> those are also basically the guidelines of mission base. And I feel that, as I said before, the bassists are inherently good people because they have all these good qualities of, uh, we don't need to be in the spotlight, but we can still lead and support. And what what else is it? I, I, never, I
0: never met a bass player I didn't like. I have to say whenever you're at a tour, at a festival or something, you'll always get on with the bassist.
1: Generally, yes, but I have to say there's a couple of foul apples there as well.
0: <laughs> I haven't met them yet. Anyway. You can find
1: them everywhere. But that's the thing. That's why I call these guys, the good ones, are the Yeah, They're kind of giving back. And the other guys, there, they know how to play the bass, but they didn't really understand what playing bass is all about, that it is about support. Those are usually the guys that you catch kind of totally overplaying. And then the so- solo player or the singer kind of yeah, looks what, back at what, them with an eggy face, like, do? what the hell are you doing? Can't you just <laughs> let me sing that song?
0: <laughs> well, they swiftly get fired anyway, if you do that. <laughs>
1: exactly. So, um, yeah, that's why I think if we, can get more bass play, more people to play bass in this world. We've already done quite a bit for the awesome. bettering of the world um, ba-
0: with bass. True mission. I love it. Mission bass. So, it, where? Just so the listeners know, where do you do these live streams? Is it on your YouTube channel or on Mission Bass Facebook page?
1: Um, I actually host them on Crowdcast. Okay. Because what I decided to do is um. I stream it live, and it's going to be um, available on Facebook as well on my page and in the mission base group for the weekend, and then I take it off social media, and only who signed up to Crowdcast can watch the replay whenever they want, because I really want people that are committed, that really—it's a mission, right? It's Mm. not just okay if if you just want to check it out. Come and check it out. Be there live. But if you want to um, join Mission Base and you want to kind of do something more than just have fun with yourself, give something back to the community, and that's the commitment that I kind of demand. From <laughs> and Mission it's free
0: to it. join Mission Base, is it? But you just exactly have to interact. If you have an
1: email address,
0: that's it. That's it. Do you think there's too so much free content out there in the world? Like, is it people expect not, or even you're 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 not asking anything except you're an email and to be part of the group which is a payment not payment but it's something anyway they have to it's a payment so like is there just too much free stuff just going up on youtube all the time and people are just expecting that and because they get so much of it they just don't interact with anything or really care about a lot of the stuff that goes up
1: yeah there's a thing about um you kind of you get what you pay for or you get the clients uh that are um, attracted to the price that you offer Mm. your product at. So in that sense, I think it can be dangerous to offer stuff for free. But at the same time, um, I have this crazy idea that culture and arts should be accessible for everyone. Mm. No matter what your bank account says, because it's so important for the society to kind of, um, get on a good path and I also have this crazy belief that there's enough people out there that are willing to donate without having to and I'd rather kind of try it that way and so far I'm I'm at this level where the show is paying for itself I'm not making a single dollar of it but at least I'm not left with the cost with the investment that I put in mm. and I'm planning uh on doing some things where we can have a subscription-based model and it's like oh yeah you pay 30 euros a year or something and then you get all of this stuff and uh oh you can always give more of course but just a really little amount that hurts nobody Um, kind of what Steve Steve Lawson inspired me to do that yeah he's Um, also um, that's class
0: what he does on Bandcamp yeah you're you're a member for the year and
1: and to be honest I hardly ever check the stuff out Mm -hmm. that he brings out but just knowing that I support him is already good enough to me and I know anytime that I need some inspiration that's a great place to go to because he's so far out you're definitely gonna take something away from that and yeah, I, I that, those are the kind of people that I want to attract. Yeah,
4: and in that that's sense,
1: true. I think we really got to, as musicians or as artists in general, we just got to think about who do we want to attract? And isn't the cheapskates that just want stuff for free? Um, well, let them have it for free if you still have a crowd that says, you know what? you are so inspiring. You've helped me so much. Like the typical uh, story about uh song done well, like you saved my life. I was about to kill myself. And then I heard your song and everything changed. And I, I already had similar stories to that. I had a guy from um, Iran writing to me. And he was like, Oh man, I heard your song and really touched my heart and I'm just going to a really rough time. I'm about to go to prison because I'm kind of gotten in trouble with the government. And can you, can you record a short (laughs) bit of your music for me? Sorry for that. That I can take to prison and listen to. So to get me through that time. And I'm like, sure, man, like that's, that's exactly, Mm. that's what makes me feel rewarded. And like, I'm, like my music means something i want my music to mean something and that doesn't mean that only rich people can access it i want everyone to have it and everyone who can give and if you don't well you might not see the get the 100% but you're still getting 80% of what i have to offer so yeah I think everyone has to make that decision on their own. I remember in the beginning of streaming um a lot of bands were um saying they're never gonna stream their music and stuff like that. And well that that's great for you because you're so famous, you don't depend on any of that. But there's a there's two perspectives to streaming. On one hand you can say, Oh, they're ripping us off. We're only getting zero 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 point sense for one stream or you could look at it oh actually um it's free promotion of my music and distribution of my music and i'm actually getting paid even if it's little but i'm getting paid for someone else to distribute my music and possibly more people finding my music and if you put a little bit of work in it you can actually really make it work for you growing think, your listeners from month to month and stuff. It's not like a perfect
0: that. model like but they they need to if they can change it like they they put in that new thing now where you click a button to donate some money to the artists. Yeah. If they had more stuff like that where people are just the, the acts they really like, they give money yeah. to that that's the the way forward like.
1: Um yes and no. I think um we've as musicians especially fallen into the trap of kind of um not taking responsibility for ourselves because that whole idea of the old music industry where you land the record deal and then everything's hanky dory from there on right they Mm. pay for your album and they pay for your tour and well it it was a nice dream and a lot of people got a lot out of it had a lot of fun but it it wasn't really sustainable was it and that's why had to collapse so i really think that um we're in a much better space place right now because now we can have that build that relationship with the with the fans Mm. you can have one-on-one interactions via email via zoom or whatever you can um it you don't have that um buffer in between the record label Mm -hmm. it's kind of keeping everyone away that it's not contributing to the artist's success and i think that little kick in the grinds to just come on you you want to make music with just playing your instrument call it your hobby i know some people get really offended when someone says oh you so you're clever you just make your hobby your job huh you don't have to work a singer there it's like well, that's not true. It is work. And there's a whole lot of thing that goes a around. Lot of work. If you want to make it a job, you yeah. have to do a whole lot more than just enjoy playing your instrument. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, um, yeah, let's all learn how to do all, that, all of that on our own. So we're not stuck and dependent on a label, on other people to replicate that at any time. That's also kind of the whole thing. That pushed me into solo base. I wanted to be independent. I didn't want to have to rely on other people to feel in the mood to record a record, to uh, go on tour, or write new songs. Mm. It's then, true. The old model yeah. didn't
0: work anyway. Before, like the uh, someone paid twenty euros for a CD, and the band might get twenty cent or something like of the overall. So like exactly. So hopefully we, this new model will eventually start working, but the old one didn't work hundred percent. We know that already. Like so.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I wonder who who got ripped off more. And if you talk to any of the old session guys, like Phil Chen is a good friend of mine. I don't know if you know him. He played with Jeff Beck and Bob Marley and with um the guy from the Doors. Uh, what's his name? Robbie Krieger. Yeah, Robbie Krieger and with the who guys and he did loads of session work in London in the 70s and 80s he was one of the number one call bassists there and when we met at the Warwick bass camp obviously always music playing in the background good music of course and every third song he was like ah you know I played for that on that song mm. I'm still waiting to get paid <laughs> it's terrible isn't it sorry but why would you wish back that time of course yeah now you have to do more than just playing your instrument but um you you get what you put in that's the that's the difference
0: yeah it's a lot of work but you can get you get back what you put in like you know you can exactly you're you're in charge of your own future, really. These days, you just but it it is a of work to. It's hard to just be the guy who plays the bass and just drift along. These days, you kind of have to do all the other stuff, don't we? That us as musicians sometimes don't really like doing because we do just want to play the bass.
1: Yeah, but then you just gotta keep it a hobby.
0: Yeah, well, has, I, I, I've, I've had lots of jobs and I think playing bass is the only one that I'd be happy doing. So I'm okay doing all the extra stuff so I can continue just sitting in my shed for a few hours every day playing the bass. Like that's
1: Exactly that. I think we've it. got like the whole, I don't know how old you are, but I expect you to be about the same age as me. I'm 37, so I'm just on the verge of being a millennial. Maybe you can Hmm. still call me a millennial. And our generation is so entitled. We just think we deserve everything and more on top. And that's part of the whole um, dissatisfaction of getting just a couple of... uh, 0.000 cents for a stream it's like you're not entitled to get more what what did you put in to be entitled to get more what who are you really serving with your music because if if you do the billy eilish thing and you come up with music that so many people like even that will all add up
2: Mm.
0: well and People need to stop thinking, even though we live in a globalized world and we see all these crazy numbers. But if you look like someone like Steve Lawson, he has was he have a few hundred people following him, but like is it a few hundred core subscribers paying him and that's that he makes a living on that. So you don't you should be no. concentrating on no. He
1: he doesn't completely make a living off that. I think I calculated it even once and it's it's about ten thousand pounds or something it's that big, he, but
0: he does okay, you know, out of it like, I'm saying exactly. like Exactly. He
1: teaches at music college mm. at the same time, so kind of the combination. Uh, I think that's where it should go. And yeah. he's he's totally being creative, being his authentic self. And then on top of it he's giving back as a teacher. So um yeah, that we need more people like that. I just like okay, I want to give back. And no, I'm not entitled for everyone to like my music and pay me millions of dollars for it. No, in that sense, the competition is too big. There's so so many people out there that make great music and not every one of them can become a millionaire and be the best in the world or the most popular in the world. So um, find your people and... If you can make, did Rich Brown say on your show, or was it in another interview? You know, so like it's enough to pay the bills. No, yeah. Like, what more can I ask exactly. for? Define I, I do what want success is. Like paying the bills.
0: Define what success means to you. And for most people, it means have been able to pay the bills, live comfortably, and to play, be creatively satisfied, and play music. I think that's exactly. what most people want.
1: Yeah, what more can you ask for?
0: I don't know, not not get a hangover when you drink a load of pints, maybe that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On the other hand, um, getting back to Mission Base, I would love it if it becomes um, something as big where we can say, okay, we're going to have these big events and we're going to give back to a bigger community. We're going to open a school in Africa to teach base to the people there or something like that. That Mm -hmm. would be great. But that would also more be of a non-profit kind of giving back type of model it's not about oh how can i get rich with this scheme
0: no it's really like um people would see through that though straight away anyway they'd see that exactly. you were doing that they'd be like this guy exactly. no i don't want to be part no. of him, his journey because oh. i know what he's doing like
1: yeah and my daughter's nine years old and it stopped now but for a while i was always getting the questions by her and by her friends like If you had three wishes, what would you wish? The first thing that I would wish is get anything I want instantly. I was like, hmm. I I would be a bit worried if that would be the truth because you'd have nothing to live for anymore. You could end your life right then. Like, If there's nothing to work for, nothing to live for, why are you living?
0: Yeah, you've no vocation, you've no no drive. It's just like... They were, no, i saw exactly. a thing they said that when someone wing wins the lottery you know whatever millions they win they're all they've found statistically that people are exactly as happy six months after getting the money as they were six months before the six months before so if they were really happy yeah. before they won they'll be really they'll be back to that level of happiness but if they're really depressed they'll get a spike for six months and then they'll go back to because they weren't yeah. fulfilled before like they got the money
1: yeah I mean, there's a whole other theory about that, that if you're financially uneducated, you're going to end up with even more debt after having those million euros on your account. So you it need just,
0: the gold toilet seat. That's important uh, when you get a million euros. <laughs> you need to have the gold. But, bathroom but that's the thing. I, I
1: have nothing against uh, becoming rich and getting, making a million bucks a year, but not for me. If I make a million bucks, then I think, I don't know. 70,000 would be more than enough to live the life that I could dream of, and then the rest I would do use it to something like okay, let's let's see how can we get more people to play bass, how can we get more people to think like bass players, how can we um, make music, art, and culture and uh. What would you call it psychological education accessible in Africa in places where a lot of traumatized people live and use music as a means of healing as well so um yeah, like do I need a private jet? no, i don't
0: <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> really so. not. do you need twenty or a hundred fedoras worth nine thousand euros <laughs> no
1: <laughs> no, not at all. I'm now thinking of uh chucking the frets out of my old Ibanez and making it fretless because it's, it, it's the first bass that I ever bought for my own money so I don't want to sell it. Mm. But I actually just, did
0: that with my first bass. It's there yeah. it, and made it fretless. Sounds oh, great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See? It's not um, hard. Honestly, It you just, mm. you just rip them out and fill them up and it, it'll be grand. It'll sound good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got a tip today that you just have to heat up the frets before you pull them out.
0: Yeah, you pop them out, then get some epoxy resin in the yeah. in the DIY shop, whichever one you have in Germany. Mix it up, fill the holes. Yeah. You're done, pretty much.
1: Exactly. So but, yeah. So yeah, where um, will
0: people check you, out, Misha? Is um is your main so, place you hang out on that Facebook group, Mission Base, or Instagram, or is it is it which one would you prefer people to be directed towards?
1: Probably most of it, Mission Base, the Facebook group. You can also always follow my page, but I'm doing some experimentation at the moment. I'm always trying to um, check out what the algorithm is doing. Unfortunately, it's just changing so fast that sometimes Mm. it's hard to get reliable data on what makes sense to do. And I don't want to be stressed out and just, ah, you got to post to keep the momentum going. Mm. So, um, um, trying to really cut that down and focus more on the group because it's just also more interactive yeah. on my page. It's me talking to the people and okay, obviously sometimes there's a comment, but no one can post on my page and I can comment on that. So in the group, it's really a give and take. And I like that much more. Obviously you can just check out my uh, website, dot And then there's links to anything, Instagram, Facebook, twitter is really just kind of a copy of my of what i post to facebook i don't use it at all and of course your album on spotify just open path search
0: but i've now
1: learned that most press people are on twitter so i'm kind of reconsidering if i should uh have a little round there and see
0: no don't don't go near twitter because it's all about arguments and you'll end up get people telling you not to play solo bass every day <laughs> oh, oh
1: <laughs> god are they, are people even aware of solo bass on twitter i didn't know
0: i don't know well they the, the algorithm on twitter kind of um, re- rewards you for arguing that's how it works wow. so they, they yeah, want people to argue like yeah.
1: so yeah i mean there's a lot of things wrong with our society and how things are going um but yes But bass is a positive thing. Too much money behind it.
0: Bass is a positive thing in society. We can keep pushing the bass. That's the main thing.
1: Exactly. And I think us two, we're already doing our part.
2: Yeah. Cool. we just going to
1: keep doing it, inspire more people to do the same. And as we said before, if someone else doing a solo-based live streaming show, that's not competition, that's company or a bass podcast. And... I hope that we can all kind of move that way, and create something bigger together. That's bigger than the sum of us.
0: Cheers, man! Thanks for coming on, and I'll get everyone to check that out down in the description. I'll have all the stuff.
1: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Good chat. Thank you so much for having me on the show. No bother.